are your church. We are your sons and daughters. We've gathered here to meet with you. And we lift our eyes. We lay our hearts before you. Expecting here for you to move with our hands to the heavens alive in your presence oh god when you come so pour out your spirit we love to be near you oh god when you come Go to verse 1 again. We are your church. And we are your church. We are your sons and daughters. We've gathered here to be with you. And we lift our eyes. And we lay our hearts before you. Expectant here for you to move, and with our hands to the heavens alive in your presence, oh God, when you come, so pour out your spirit. We love to be near you, oh God, when you come. You are the way, the truth, the life we live for. Oh, how we long to know you more. And with our hands to the heavens alive in your presence, oh God, when you come, so pour out your spirit. We love to be near you, oh God. When you come with our hands and with our hands to the heavens alive in your presence, oh God, when you come, so pour out your spirit with love to be near you, oh God, when you come, and come like a rushing wind, and come like the fire again. Like a burning flame, have your way, have your way. Come like a rushing wind, or come like the fire again. Come like a burning flame, have your way, have your way. Or come like a rushing wind. Come like the fire again, like a burning flame. Have your way, have your way. With our hands to the heavens lie in your presence, oh God. When you come to pour out your spirit, we love to be near you, oh God. When you come with our hands and with our hands to the heavens alive in your 
presence, oh God, when you come. So pour out your spirit, we love to be near you, oh God, when you come. So come like a rushing wind, and come like the fire again, come like a burning flame. Have your way, have your way. Come like a rushing wind, and come like the fire again. Come like a burning flame. Have your way, have your way. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that you would indeed have your way. And that, Father God, that you would just send your spirit here in a powerful way. Lord, we just pray that, God, that you would indeed light the fire, Lord. Light the fire, the passion, God. and the empowerment that we need, Lord Jesus, to be the church that you've called us to be. Hallelujah. May that be our prayer this morning. Hallelujah. Well, welcome to Maple Street Worship Center. And uh, just trust this morning that um, you are here meet with the Lord and to worship Him and to praise Him, because uh, that's part of the reason why we gather on a Sunday morning, is to worship yes, the Lord God, and to praise yes, Him God. and to lift His name up on high. Yes, and yes, um, so, Lord, may our worship this morning be a fragrance to you today. Yes, may our lives be a fragrance to you, Lord, today. Spirit, just come. Spirit, just come and breathe on us afresh today, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because there is a shaking. Let hearts awaken. Our God is moving. Forever changing us. There is a trembling. There is revival. The sound of worship. So great and glorious. Now breathe on us, a holy fire fall. Come and fill this place with your presence. Like a rushing wind, send your spirit here. Breath of heaven, breathe on us. Breath of heaven, breathe on us. There is a shaking. Let hearts awaken, our God is moving, forever changing us. There is a trembling, there is revival, the sound of worship, so great and glorious. Holy Spirit, hear us now, breathe on us, a holy fire fall with your presence like a rushing wind send your spirit here breath of heaven breathe on us breath of heaven breathe on us come breathe on us come breathe on us come breathe on us your 
hands and shout, the Lord is with us now. Lift up your voice and sing, for he is holy. Lift up your hands and shout, the Lord is with us now. Lift up your voice and sing, holy. Lift up your hands and shout, the Lord is with us now. Lift up your voice and sing, he is holy. Come breathe on us, holy fire fall, fill this place with your presence like a rushing wind. up your hands lift up your hands and shout the lord is with us now lift up your voice and sing he is holy lift up your hands and shout the lord is with us now lift up your voice and sing he is holy lift up your hands and shout the lord is with us now lift up your voice and sing he is holy lift up your hands and shout Lord is with us now. Lift up your voice and sing. Come, breathe on us. Holy fire fall. Come and fill this place with your presence. Like a rushing wind, send your spirit here. Breath of heaven, breathe on us. Breath of us, worthy of all our praises. Well, sing Hosanna. 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 You are the God who us. We give you here, Lord Jesus. Verse 1. Sing. Praises rising
all our fears are washed away. Yeah, the washed away. the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, oh come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord change. You never fail, oh God. 
up our hands today yes, we praise you, Lord. and we worship and we praise oh, you today, we praise Lord. Hallelujah. You. We praise you in this place. We give you honor and glory, Lord. We, we celebrate you. this morning. We celebrate, we celebrate the life, yes, God. the new life yes, that Jesus God. brings. Yes, Every Sunday we celebrate. Yes, we gather Lord. together yes, to worship Lord. as we the church to lift him up. We praise your name. We and we celebrate. You among us. Oh, we welcome you among us. We welcome you. Lord, may this we be May this be the atmosphere here this morning is that we are celebrating Jesus. We celebrate Jesus today. We celebrate Jesus and all and who he is and what he means to our lives. And Lord, who you've revealed yourself to be, may we celebrate who you are and celebrate your love for us, your sacrifice for us, your calling and your wooing. We thank you, Lord, that it was your love. It was your great love for us, Lord. It caused you to go to an old rugged cross to die for us that we might know what it is to have life, abundant life and eternal life. To know what life really is what it means, what its purpose is. And so we celebrate today. We lift your name on high. Yes, God, we lift your name on yes, high. Yes, we do, Lord. We lift your name. You are we beautiful. We honor your name. We worship your name. We you are you. so worthy, Lord. So worthy, Lord. So worthy. You are beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words. Too wonderful for comprehension Like nothing ever seen or heard Who can grasp 
your infinite wisdom who can fathom the depths of your love you are beautiful beyond description majesty and I stand I stand Stand, I stand in love, holy God, from whom all praises do. I stand in awe you. First one again, you are beautiful beyond description to marvelous for words to wonderful for comprehension like nothing ever seen or heard who can grasp your infinite wisdom who can fathom the depths of your Majesty enthroned above, and I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in Yet God crushed you for my sin In agony and deep affliction Cut off that I might enter in Who can grasp this tender compassion Who can fathom this mercy so stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to all praises due, I stand in awe of you. Can we sing verse 2 one more time? Beyond description, yet God crushed you for my sin. In agony and deep affliction, God offered I might enter in. Who can grasp such tender compassion? Who can fathom this mercy so free? You are beautiful beyond description. 
I stand, I stand in all of you. I stand, I stand in all of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you, desire. Oh, this is my desire. Make this a prayer this morning.
hearts in the same measure that you gave your life. May we be able to give that back to you, Father, because you withheld nothing. You withheld nothing. Even unto death. As we found out last week and we were reminded that, Lord, you came to this world and you were despised ridiculed and you were criticized and we know that you were rejected and yet you were the one you were the one who was the hope of not just Israel but the hope of the world hope, our hope today and Lord we recognize that there's a world around us, a world outside the four walls of our gathering this morning that Lord there's so many that are lost and so many that are wandering and so many that are confused and so many relationships that are fractured and so much struggle and yet Lord you said that I am the way the truth and the life we thank you Lord for the life that you've given us today and may we continue in the same measure you did that we would continue to give, to give, to give that which you require. This morning we just ask that God, that your spirit would be here. You'd give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Holy Spirit, just speak a fresh word to each and every one of our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name.
Good morning. We have the power. Well, again, welcome to uh, Maple Street this morning. And who got themselves, when you came in, a, a, um, a warm welcome? Who got a warm welcome this morning? So it's like coming home, right? It's like coming home. Well, we just want to welcome you here this morning again. And, um, and I'm sure that as you came in this morning that you also got a, the trusty, handy-dandy weekly newsletter. And not going to cover everything in that. There's a number of things going on, a number of things happening. And uh, you'll notice, of course, we're continuing with our Bible study on Tuesday nights. And coming up in November, we have an evening with David Wells. He's our general superintendent, and he's going to be in Lloydminster, only about an hour and a half away on a Sunday night. So that's an option for you as well. Also, of course, a Heritage House, November 18th, and we have an Operation Christmas Child Packing Party, and I see that some of the things are getting underway there. And isn't it, it's $10, right, to be able to send the, to send the box this year? $10. It used to be 5 it used to be $5 to send a box. But it used to be $5 to get a Big Mac meal, too. So there you go, right? That is true, right? Mission Sunday coming up on uh, also November, in November 18th, also December the 6th. So we are working right now on getting the Canda Gammas. You remember uh, the Canda Gammas? Does that, everybody know who they are? And the Canda Gammas are going to be putting together a, a little uh, series of, short series of videos for us to see what's happening there, so don't miss out on that and what, they're, what they're, is happening in their neck of the woods. Also, President Eric Dirksen from Vanguard is going to be with us in December to uh, bring us a bit of an update on what's going on at the college and how many know that the college is a vital uh, ministry, equipping uh, leaders in our district for service in our district and around the world, of course. And... Um, also, you'll notice there's a canned food drive. Now, we mentioned the canned food drive last week, and the Alliance Church and the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church did their drive, but the Monday Air Cadets are going to be storming the north side of town on Wednesday, and we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we just give it a little bit of a, uh, a time there just to get us ready? And uh, I'm sure that uh, toward the... Uh, the middle end part of November that the food bank could use uh, a little additional help in that area as well. So we're going to get involved. You'll notice Tuesday, November 13 is the flyer distribution and then the food pickup is the following Tuesday. It gives everybody a week and of course you don't have to drive in twice to participate. Most everything going on on, on the Tuesday night. So just want to let you know that. And of course, uh, thank you to everyone who showed up on the 20th for the work bee, and I just want to express thanks to everyone for their participation and the work that got done. We still have a few jobs yet to go, is that correct? There's a few things, a few still on the honeydew list to finish off. Anybody got a honeydew list? Who's got a honeydew list here? Lift your, lift your hand. I see Ed putting two hands up. I think I still have a honeydew list, don't I? Honey? But I got one of them knocked off yesterday. So that's some coinage in the love bank. Just to let you know, guys, it's true. Picking up the fried chicken doesn't. Well, when it's supper time, it, it, it does. When it's supper time, it does. 
And, uh, of, of course, uh, there is a leadership conference taking place in Lloydminster as well. You'll notice down in, in the little corner uh, that coming up. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, just uh, you can be a part of that. And of course, the same day, November 17th, is our gospel music night here at Maple Street. And that's pierogies and jam. We're doing gospel music, Christmas music. So a little bit of both. And uh, we're looking for participation from Maple Street. So if you can sing, you can play, you can wave a flag, I don't know, whatever you can do, we want to get Maple Street involved in that, uh, in that uh, activity. Because that, that, it's a great event. I think there was about 160, 170 people out last year at the Lutheran Church. It's a great time and uh, a great chance to sing carols together and to, um, to have some uh, special music minister to our hearts. And so... If you are here and you got something you can do, we'd love to get you involved in that. And that is, is it in the bulletin this week? I, yes, it is. No, it isn't. 6.30. 6.30. Pierogies and jam. So you will really enjoy it. If you, who, has, who was there last year? So a few hands go up. Who, so who wasn't there last year? Okay. So now you know. And it's a great time, so I uh, want to encourage you to, to get out to that. And, of course, again, not too long is the, uh, the Operation Christmas Child, and Penny has done a very well job to put all the information in there. And so on the 8th of November, 6.30, we're going to do a, a packing party, and then the 11th is our shoebox Sunday. I don't think I missed too much. Did I miss any announcements? Oh, yes, cake after. Who likes cake? Cake and ice cream for the birthdays. And who had a birthday in October? Look, I see one hand going up. I, I know somebody shared a day with Ed right there. And Vi had a We got at least three. Any more? Four. Four birthdays. So four birthdays in October. So we're going to be celebrating. I think we sang happy birthday, didn't we? Four? Yeah, we can always do that. We can always sing when we have the cake. Amen? Sounds good? So we're going to uh, call upon our ushers this morning as, uh, they, uh, as we have a chance to worship the Lord in our giving. Um, I just want to make everyone aware that we are behind in our yearly budget. And so if the Lord lays it on your heart to... And you can uh, to, to give, or maybe you haven't been giving regularly. We want to encourage you to do that. And uh, because we want to be able to do more than just cover uh, expenses related to uh, the building and so on and so forth. But we want to be able to do ministry and mission beyond the four walls and beyond what we do here on Sundays. So God bless you as you give. I'm going to give this over. Oh, almost tripped. Oh, there we go. going to give this to Frank. As we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources, to go to the nations, souls and more souls 
from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Amen. As I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me, so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah! Okay, we're going to call the kids up this morning. We've got a few children in, in, the, in the church, and we're going to pray over them and release them. Do they want to come up? Well, I think they're coming. They're coloring. One, two, three, four, I see five. So you're going to represent those that are here, okay? So we do, do that. So let's just, let's just reach a hand toward these little ones, and we're going to pray for them. And if there's a little one that's not here and you see one, amen. Yes, here we go. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. God bless you. Just wheel your weight around here, yeah, so they can see you. Awesome. So let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for these little garden sprouts. And we thank you for the teachers. And we thank you, Lord, that you love them. They're very valuable, very important to you. And we just ask your blessing upon them. We ask, Lord, for their hearts to be open. That, Lord Jesus, when teachers are bringing forth your word and your truth, that that truth would find a lodging place just like a seed would just go into the ground of their heart. May it be fertile soil. May there be a, an abundance of fruit that is produced within their lives. May they grow to love you, know you, and become a follower of you. That's what we want to see, Lord, a devout follower of Jesus. And so, Lord, we bless them and bless the teachers as they, as they labor and as they invest in the next generation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The Lord bless you as you go. So this morning, I'm, I'm usually a paper and pen, kind of like a paper. But there's a, I ha, there was a bit of a, what would you say, a, a conflict. It was a conflict between um, computer and printer. So there's not a, uh, it's not a, what you call it, a hardwired thing. But it is, are you going to help me out here? I don't want to hide behind it. So there's a bit of a conflict between the computer and the uh, printer, so I just brought the laptop up. So hopefully it works out for me. Anyway, if you got your Bible this morning and you're, or you have a device, we're going to go to Luke's Gospel this morning. We're going to go to Luke's Gospel. And um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Yakov Smirnov. 
But he said that when he first moved to the U.S., he was really amazed at all the instant products that you could get. And he said uh, that you could, you could uh, get powdered milk, and he said that you could just get the powder and you could add water, and presto, you got milk. And he said one time, he said, you could, you could do the same thing with orange juice. You could just add water, and boom, you take, go from concentrate to adding the water, and you get, you ever buy the concentrate orange juice in the cans? My mother used to buy them all the time. You get the five alive and everything. And you'd add the water, and you'd get the juice. And then he saw baby powder. And he thought to himself, what a great country. If you want a baby, just add water. <laughs> but that's the kind of culture that we live in, isn't it? It's, it we're, we're just in an instant culture. We, we love to be able to get everything right away. You know, we go through a drive through to Tim Hortons, and you just want to get your, you know, as soon as you make the order, you expect that it's right there in the window for you. Fast food is supposed to be fast, right? And that's just the way we are. We're in this microwave sort of generation. And I think that there's even that concept within the church today that it's kind of how it works when it comes to uh, discipleship. But one of the things that we recognize is that just like raising children, discipleship is uh, a much more in involved thing because disciples are not something that you can just add water to. You just can't add a Bible or you just can't add a few scripture verses or a few church services or whatever the case might be. Presto changeo, you, you've got yourself a disciple because disciples are made, Jesus said. Go and make disciples. Disciples are made. They're not just born. And one of the portraits that you'll notice about Jesus in, when it comes to contemporary evangelical circles is the idea that Jesus really didn't expect too much from us. I don't know about you, but when I read the Gospels, I find something a little bit different. I find that Jesus did have actually some expectations, but around evangelical circles, there tends to be this idea that Jesus is just someone who's always giving, giving, giving. That we're just, he's a transmitter and we're a receiver. Like, for example, you know, you can get your best life now if you just follow Jesus. Or that Jesus is just about giving grace and just giving love and just giving compassion and just giving mercy. Now, I want to say this, that Jesus does those things. Would you agree? That Jesus does love. Jesus is compassionate. Jesus is merciful. But at the same time, that uh, we also recognize that the Gospels show us that Jesus actually demanded something. Just yesterday, I was reading a, a, an article by a youth pastor, student pastor. And the student pastor, of course, he was a, a student himself. He was a volunteer. He had also uh, served in student ministry. And in that article, here's what he said. He said that he, he, he was very concerned that far too many young people, and this is talking about student ministry, this isn't talking about the church, but student ministry. He said that far too many young people are abandoning the church after they graduate, and the, the numbers are staggering. And here's what he wrote. He said this. He said, we measure growing crowds rather than growing disciples. And he went on to say, that we end up making fans of Jesus rather than 
disciples. I remember one time I went to an ice cream shop. And in the ice cream shop, the ice cream shop was for sale. And it was telling me it was a great opportunity. And I don't know about you, but when you see a sign that says a great opportunity, how many like great opportunities this morning? I like great opportunities. And of course, the great opportunity, because this thing was for sale, was that you would, you would become the, the new proprietor of the business, which I really wasn't that interested in, by the way, selling ice cream and popsicles and all that sort of stuff. And then it read that it was a great opportunity for the entrepreneurial-minded person. And I thought, wow, you know, entrepreneurs are bright, and they're risk-takers, and they're ambitious. And I'm thinking to myself, well, who wouldn't want to be thought of as that? And then things began to change. Because it talked about who doesn't mind a little hard work. Well, how many know some people find that work is a dirty word? And it is a four-letter word, by the way. And then there was, then there was this other thing that it said at the very end, you see with a lot of different ads, and it said this serious inquiries only. Serious inquiries only. And, you, and this is one of the things that we see in Jesus' ministry is that it's one thing to be part of the crowd, it's another thing to be serious. It's another thing to be serious. And in this passage we're going to look at this morning, there's three people in the account. And I'm using this as an example. We can find other passages, we can find other things that Jesus talks about, that talks about discipleship. But I just want to pull out some of these uh, things from these three particular guys and how Jesus handles these inquirers. You see, I'm, I'm finding today, and I wrestle with this, because most church growth ideas are that we're trying to get and trying to recruit as many, and it's not that we don't want to reach lost people. I don't know about you, but I want to see people get saved. I don't want to see people just come and sit in the chair on a Sunday and there not be any real interest or any real growth and we just say, wow, wasn't it wonderful that we had X number of people in the service that day? Because it's not about counting the heads and the bodies, but it's about what Jesus has called us to do. And I want you to say, Jesus has called us, at Matthew chapter 28, to go and to make disciples. That's the mandate. But there's this tension in the church right now, where, especially in leadership, that it seems like the premium, what's really valued, is the high numbers. I don't really see that as much with Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that the church didn't grow. Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches a fantastic sermon. 3,000 are added. Praise God. The church continued to grow. But in the infancy, as Jesus was beginning a movement, seemed that he invested a lot into the few. In fact, sometimes he even seemed like he dissuaded them. He didn't want to persuade them to follow, but he actually wanted them to know what was involved. In other words, you need to read the fine print before you put your John Henry on the contract. Amen? So Luke 9, 57. Luke 9, 57. 
And it reads like this. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, he said, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have their nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Wow. Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, he said, Lord, let me go, or let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looked back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Father, we come before your throne, and we recognize that we can read Scripture, and there can be those areas where, wow, the promises of God, and it's exciting. And there's things that Jesus taught and things that Jesus said, and it's exciting. But then there's those places like, wow. Wow, that's a, this is a hard saying. This is a hard teaching. Who can do this? And so, Heavenly Father, we pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you will come and you will help us. We need the comforter. We need the paraclete. We need the Spirit of God to help us to do that which Jesus has called us when it comes to truly following him as a disciple. And so, Lord, we don't want to just be fans. We want to be followers. We want to be disciples of Jesus. And so, Lord, help us with this, these difficult texts to re recognize that you're not just a God who gives, but you're also a God who asks something of us. May we know what that is, and may we be able to fulfill that in your strength and in your power. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Amen. It's interesting that, um, you know, I don't know about you, but how many would say that, would agree that we live in a pretty, a pretty decent country? Not too bad, right? I don't know what your thoughts are about the political situation. I don't know what you think about Justin Trudeau. I don't know what you think about our premier here in Alberta. I don't know what you think about where things have gone. I don't know what you think about new legislation. I don't know what you think about that. But I will say this. I do appreciate the fact that I have a vehicle to drive. I keep the snow off my, my, my head. I have a place, a warm place to lay my head. I have, uh, you know, I can, I can have mashed potatoes with my, with my meat, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's really not bad. It's, it's a lot better than the majority world, amen? It, it's pretty good. But I want you to know that it seems like the easier we have it, the better we have it. And you've seen this. We, we've seen this. If you read the Old Testament, you'll know that when, when, when the children of Israel were in hardship, that they would cry out to God, and they would ask God to rescue them. And you know, if you, you know the Old Testament, that when things would get good, it's easy to forget who God is. Why? Well, the bills are paid. I'm not sick, right? I can turn the thermostat to 68 or 70 degrees, and I'm toasty warm, and I can cover the, like, life is good. Life is good. And we live in a world that it just seems like the world wants to always be getting our attention. 
And it's not, I, I was reading an old thing uh, back in 1938, 39. It was talking about how Pentecostals were to avoid all kinds of things. And it was like they were building a, a bunker, on a, a walls to insulate themselves from the world. And I'm not saying that we should do that. I'm not saying that there isn't things that we, that we can enjoy in life. But I want you to know that it's very, very, very subtle that the enemy wants to keep putting those good things in our life so that they glitter in front of us. That it keeps our eyes off of the real meaning of life, the real goal in life. And I find that even in this instance, when you had these three that were coming up to Jesus, for example, in verses 57 and 58, It says, while they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Who likes laying your head on your pillow at night? Who likes the comfort? I have a, what do we got? We got a queen-size mattress, right? So I got room to stretch out put my elbows out to do, to, you know, she, she likes to ball up and go to the edge of the bed. I like to spread out and just but it's wonderful to have that comfort. Amen? Yeah. But Jesus said but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And if we look at the context in all of this. Luke 9. Jesus sends out the twelve and the twelve go out and they preach the good news and they heal People everywhere they go. Later on, he feeds the 5,000. Peter confesses him as, as the Christ. He tells him about his future suffering and his death. And then in verse 23, he lays out his first treatment on disciples. Here's what he says. Listen to this. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. Are you willing to give up your pillow? Are you willing to give up the queen-size mattress? Am I willing to give that up? Because Jesus is saying, in essence is what he's saying, he said, we need to remember that to follow Jesus means that we have to turn our backs on worldly comfort comfort. It's comfortable. Yes, Just yesterday, I mean, it was wonderful to, to pull up at the dinner table at dinner and, and sit in the comfort of your kitchen and have your family around the table, and you're all eating at the same time. You're all able to, to pray together, and you're able to eat together and share together. Beautiful. It's wonderful to be able to, as again, like I said, to enjoy the comforts that we have in this life. But Jesus was challenging these guys. If you really want to follow me, what about comforts? Because I want you to see something here. He says, whoever come after me must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. In other words, in other words, listen, there's a lot of people out there saying, you know, I went on this trip to Europe because I'm trying to find myself. You ever hear that? People say, I'm trying to find myself. And Jesus is saying, what you need to do is you need to lose your life for me. It's not saving yourself. 
You must deny yourself. That's a difficult thing to do. That seems to be so countercultural, Jesus. That's radical stuff. Are you serious? He said it. That's the words in red. Take up a cross? You mean I, I, can, I can go to the jewelry store and I can wear a necklace? It's got a cross on it? You mean that I can go and, and we, can, we can invest some money in the church and we can put a, a steeple on the top of the church? Wow, we can take up a cross. Or does it mean that, that, you know, my cross to bear is the headaches that I get? Or the cross to bear is that, is that hang, is, is that toenail that, uh, you know, when I went to go, it, it just kind of split and it's painful. Is that, is that your cross to bear? No, Jesus said to take up your cross. What was the cross? What was the cross? The cross, folks, I want you to see, the cross meant you were going to die. When he talked about the cross, he, he didn't have a little necklace in mind. He didn't have a nice big copper steeple that would change the skyline of Beggarville. And it's wonderful that there's these big copper domes and stuff around. But I want you to know that's not what Jesus had in mind. He said, I want you to take up your cross and follow me and it means that when you embrace your cross, you're embracing dying to yourself and your desires. That's a few splinters in the flesh, isn't it now? You think about that. Embracing your cross. Embracing our cross. To follow Jesus means embracing your cross. Comfort. When I think about the disciples, I think about some of them fishermen. I think that some of them boys, because see, I come from a fishing town. And I know that fishing was very, very important to the economy. No different than agriculture is very important here. So if someone came up to you walking through your field on your farm, and they went and they came to some young men that were working with their dad and their uncle on the farm and said, hey, I want you to leave the the field behind. I want you to leave the combining behind. Forget the heads of cattle. Don't worry about the chickens. Forget all that stuff. I just want you to come and follow me. Well, where are you going? Come and find out. Come and find out. I don't know about you, but most of us are concerned with things like, you know, where are we, how are we going to pay our bills? Amen? What about our future? What about our eco economic future? What about the comforts of life? What about goals that we have? What about my RRSP? What about that, what about that nice home that I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming about? And, 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 and that car that I'd like to have? Or that cabin? I've, I've had a dream since Nova Scotia. I've had this dream. I think I'm a little closer to it now. And that dream was a log cabin in the woods. Well, there's no cell phone towers. And you just walk a little distance, and there's a nice, beautiful lake, and in the back is some beautiful mountains. That's my dream. Sounds pretty good, right? I'm a little closer to, because I'm in Alberta now, closer to the Rockies, right? But what if Jesus says, that's not my dream for you, Steve? What? Yeah, that's not my dream for you. I got something else in mind. I don't know about you this morning. I, I, I'm feeling a little messed up about this. Because Jesus messes you up. If you really want to follow Jesus, this is something that 
Folks, this isn't about just coming in. in we, we, we talk about pews being hard and uncomfortable. Forget pews being hard and uncomfortable. Jesus is saying, look, guys, you want to follow me. So if you look at, you think about the early disciples, uh, these, these fishermen, some of them fishermen, right? And so they, they were on the Sea of Galilee, and I want you to know, as I did some research on this, that the Sea of Galilee was flourishing with fish. Fish. This was a lucrative business. There was money to be made. This was a staple of their diet, just like bread is a staple of our diet. Potatoes, right? Here you have chicken and beef. We used to enjoy haddock. But the Sea of Galilee was just teeming with fish, and there was money to be made. This was, this was the family business, and Jesus was calling them away from their family business, from their boats and their nets, from everything that was comfortable and normal, routine, no prospects at all, no planning ahead. This was not a Dave Ramsey course that Jesus was giving them. As much as I like Dave Ramsey. All Jesus was saying, look, I want you to come and follow me on the dusty roads of Palestine. And that's it. That's it. And I want you to know that Jesus was despised, that Jesus was, was promising. You know what Jesus promising? He was promising them a little bit of hardship. Did you know that? The promise was a little bit of persecution, a little bit of suffering, and even eventual death. So what does he say to them? He says, foxes have holes, birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I am not your typical rabbi. I am the Son of Man. I am the Messiah who has stepped out of the glories of heaven. I've come to earth. I've left it all behind. I've exchanged my wealth for poverty. And instead of a palace, I chose a lowly manger. And you know why he did that? You know why he stepped out of being a, acting like a king to being a servant? It's because he came for us. saying, I left my home in Nazareth, even his home, to fulfill my mission. And there's no turning back on that. How do we handle that? How do we handle that today? Because, folks, we have taken the gospel, and I'm being very brutally honest this morning. I'm preaching a little harder than I used to preach. You think, notice that. But I want you to know that we have perverted the gospel in North America. In Western nations, we have made the gospel into a promise of prosperity and wealth and that you're not walking under the blessing of God unless you have a mansion, a Lexus, and an Armani suit. It doesn't work in the majority world. It doesn't work everywhere else. It's not the gospel. Does God want to bless us? I believe God wants to bless us. But I want you to know something else. God knows the corruption of the human heart. And he knows that the more power and the more wealth you have, the more dangerous it is to you. Because it corrupts absolutely. You want to lose your life? That's why he said it was very hard for a rich man to get into heaven. Zacchaeus was the camel through the eye of the needle, but that's not as common. The rich young ruler, he went away sorrowful. Why? Because he had lots to give up, and he wasn't willing to do it. Zacchaeus, on the other hand, 
recognized the gravity of his sin and he recognized that he wanted to, to be sure that he was on God's right side of the ledger than to be on the right side of the ledger himself. So if Jesus were here today and he stood behind on this platform and he said to follow me means that here's what I'm going to promise. There's no promise of a home. There's no promise of of prosperity. There's no promise of a bed. There's no promise of a big screen Telus TV. Internet, no nice living room, no nice dining set. Forget golfing on Saturday or hunting in the fall. What would you do? Would you be willing, would I be willing to follow Jesus and give it all up? Pastor, you're being too radical here. I didn't say this. Jesus did. The Son of Man has no... Are you you truly wanting to follow me now? We had a lady by the name of Mother Workman who came to East Green Harbor when I was younger. And Mother Workman had a a beautiful townhouse in in the suburbs of Chicago. And she left it all in her 50s. She left her, her, her townhouse. She reduced all of her belongings just to them into, if you think that Ant-Man can shrink things, well, she shrunk it down into a, into a, a suitcase, luggage suitcase, and she went to Haiti and she didn't turn back. She didn't turn back. She went to work among the orphans in Haiti. That's what she gave her, because she heard the calling of Jesus to go. And she went and she gave up the comforts of a suburban Chicago lifestyle to live among the poor in Haiti. But I want you to know that if you want to know how to pray, you'll find a lady that knows how to pray. And she has faith and she has belief that God can do anything. But would we be willing to do that? Would we be willing like Jim Elliott, who had a small team of missionaries to reach, to reach savage people in Ecuador, to leave the comforts of your home, your job, your family, to go only to end up dying on the mission field by the spear. And it was Jim Elliott who said these words. He said, only one life to live, it'll soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So if Jesus says, if we say to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go, are we willing to count the cost? Because Jesus says in Luke 14, 33, he says, if any of you who do not give up everything and I believe in the Greek that word everything means everything he cannot be my disciple second thing is it's not just the comforts it's also the ties how many would agree that probably the most important people in your world right now is your family if you're married, it's your, it's, your, it's your husband and your wife, just children, it's, it's moms and dads. And, you know, I know what it's like to have some distance between my mom and dad. My mom's in the hospital right now, and my dad's alone, and he calls, I call him, just to kind of keep up on, on what's happening. But most of us would do anything. We would give everything. We'd give our right arm to save our, our family if our family was in trouble. Would you agree with that this morning? And it's interesting, in verse 59, he says to another man, he says, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Could you imagine the look on his face and and others that might have heard that? 
Jesus, that's really cold. That's really cold, Jesus. Like, I can't go and I can't take care of family business. And when this man says this, he says, let me go, let me first go and bury my father. According to custom, an additional burial would take place shortly after the person had died. And so this, this is not being locked away in mourning. But then one year later, after the first burial, the son would return to rebury the bones in a special box in a slot in the tomb wall. And that's probably the situation here, scholars would say. And it seems reasonable to assume it was that when this man who had been called by Jesus could be asking for up to a year's delay following, he could be saying, Jesus, can you let me hold off for a whole year? Now, folks, listen. In this context, this is Luke 9, near the end of Luke 9. And when you go into Luke 10, you're finding that Jesus is taking a group out on a short-term mission trip. And this guy is asking, Jesus, can you just hold off on the trip for a year? You know what Jesus says elsewhere? He says this, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus said, that's words in red. What Jesus is really saying is, when it comes to your earthly relationships, as God said in the Old Testament, in Exodus, that you shall have no other gods before me. I'm number one. I'm number one. I'm, I, am, I am to be number one over not just your ambitions, not just the things that you not just the comforts that you find in life, not just the, the, the things that you enjoy, but over the, the people who you love. I am to be your first love. I'm to be number one. What does it look like practically for God to be number one? Does it mean that when son or daughter has a soccer game, and you can be worshiping the Lord, what does that mean? How many parents have decided just to skip out because of other things? Summertime, well, man, it's nice and hot and the lake looks great. Let's hit the lake instead. Vacations. Are vacations more? I'm not saying we don't need vacation. Everybody needs a vacation. But when church attendance becomes, and I'm going to tell you, it's important to attend church. You know why? Because the Bible tells us that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I don't care if it's in your home, in this building, but we need to be assembling together. Why? Because it's not getting any easier out there. And I don't know about you, but when you're around people who have like mind and like heart and like passion, it's contagious. You need the strength. Amen? You need to be edified, built up. I need that. <clears throat> In fact, Jesus called disciples to gather around him 
and to live in that type of relationship. But the point is simply this, is that when it comes to choosing who is number one in your life, when it comes to relationships, number one has to be Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple. And that requires a radical shifting in our priorities with our lives. And folks, I want you to know, church, that I'm, I'm feeling this message myself. So if you think that this is a little bit rough or, or a little bit heavy, I'm feeling it too. But he has to come first. Third thing, because I know many of you are thinking about that cake. I didn't think of it till, just till now. Lord, may I take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay. Verse 61. Look at verse 61, verse 62. See, cake can be a distraction. It's good, but it can be a distraction. And Jesus is talking about distraction. Verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom. It's like, Jesus, are you unreasonable or what? That could be going through our minds. Like, I mean, what's wrong with the, what the other guy had asked for? To go bury his father. What about saying goodbye to your family? I mean, would you deny a soldier who's going to, war, to, to go and to see his wife and children, put his arms around them and give them a hug and a kiss and say goodbye, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving for Afghanistan for six months? Would that be unreasonable? Well, Jesus says, he clearly spells it out. That you're picking up the plow today. And if you're picking up the plow, it means you don't look back. You don't look back. You see, when Peter, James, and John followed Jesus, they literally dropped their nets. They left their boats. They left it all behind. Just, just, when, just when the stock, the fish stocks were going up. Just when maybe they had a good catch that they, that they were going to get. Yeah. They left it all behind. Because the master had called them. See, if we're going to follow Jesus... We need to understand there's a cost involved because Jesus is not just one who gives. Jesus is also one who makes some radical demands. If you don't believe me, just read through the Gospels and underscore some of those areas. Like, wow, this is tough stuff. But he makes some radical demands. Because, see, there's a cost to following Jesus. There's a cost to following Jesus. See, sometimes there'll be pastors and preachers, they'll evangelists, they'll... They'll, they'll make the plea to follow Jesus and there's all sorts of things that they dangle things that's like promises of well Jesus you know hey you got a good life right now well Jesus will be the sprinkles on top of your Sunday Jesus will make things really great for you Jesus will give you this and Jesus, but listen Jesus is saying there's a cost there's a cost the question is are we willing to make the investment because I want you to know that while there's a cost, and yes, it's like when you, someone comes and says, hey, let's go uh, be business partners. 
And this is what it's going to cost you to get in at the ground level. You ever see It's a Wonderful Life? George Bailey had the call from one of his buddies. And he said, I'm giving you the deal of a lifetime, George. I'm giving you the opportunity of a lifetime because we're getting in the plastics. And this is what we need. Well, I want to tell you something. There's better than plastics. There's something better than plastics. Because my Bible tells me that we are going to rule and reign as kings and priests unto the Lord. We're going to rule with him. That's true. That there is going to be a new Jerusalem to come down out of heaven. And God is going to dwell with his people. And he's going to make all things new. We know that's the end. But I want you to know that between now and the very end, I can't make you any more promises than what Jesus has already promised. It's exciting in the book of Acts, would you not say? People were being healed. People were being saved. But people were being put in prison. People were being stoned and put to death. And in the first few centuries of the church, people were dying as martyrs for their faith. And many of them believed that God had actually called them to die for their faith. And one of the church fathers, Tertullian, said that the seed, or the blood of the martyrs, was the seed for the church. The more people that gave their lives, the more the church grew. And yet, in a very comfortable context that we find ourselves in, it's just hard to imagine that that kind of thing would be going on. But Jesus says to us, before you make the plunge, before you sign on the dotted line, he says, which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? In other words, when he's laid the foundation, is he able to finish? There is a cost in building this. There's a cost in being a disciple. John Stott once time said, he wrote this, he said, the Christian landscape is strewn with the wreckage of the derelict, the half-built towers, the ruins of those who began to build but were unable to finish. For thousands of people still ignore Christ's warning and undertake to follow him without first pausing and reflecting on the cost of doing so. The result is the great scandal of Christendom today, the so-called nominal Christianity. Nominal Christianity, it's cultural Christianity. In countries to which Christian civilization has spread, large number of peoples have covered themselves with a decent but thin veneer of Christianity. They have allowed themselves to become somewhat involved, enough to be respectable, but not enough to be uncomfortable. Their religion is a great soft cushion. It protects them from the hard unpleasantness of life while changing its place and shape to suit their conveniences. No wonder the cynics speak of hypocrites in the church and dismiss religion as escapism. Wow. John, that was a mouthful. But I want you to know right now that things are heating up in our culture. notice the news how many was it was it 11 dead in a Jewish synagogue radical I say radical so please remember militant I'm not just using the word Muslim but radical militant extreme not only in the US but in Canada the government is not backing us anymore. 
the government is trying to take away rights and, sh and take away things from, I guess I got a shoe untied. The point is very simple. It's not going to get any easier. I better stay right here before I trip. But it's not getting any easier. It's not getting any better for Christians in our country. Things have shifted dramatically in the last 50 years. And it's not going to get better. And that's why I'm speaking this this morning. It's because we've got to get Jesus right. And Jesus expected something. And not only did he expect something, but if we choose to follow him, he will give us the strength to do it. But it's not an easy thing to do, to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. It's not easy to give up the comforts that this life has to offer. It's not easy putting God first every single time. It's not easy. deal with temptation and to deal with distractions but that's really what Jesus is saying in this last part he's saying you need to deal with the distractions you cannot have distractions in your walk with him as I call the worship team to come back this morning and I want to close with this song Lord I give you my heart this is a, this is a call this is asking the question. Those, those three men said to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll follow you, Jesus, but let me first. I'll follow you, Jesus, but let me just... Jesus says no. Jesus says no. He's telling us, he's saying, look, you want to be my disciple? It's not wrong to enjoy comforts of the world, but when if the comforts of the world take precedent over following Jesus, we need to learn, we need to be able to say no. If it means that people we love, we lift higher than Jesus, we're getting it wrong. If we're allowing distractions in this in this life to keep us from following Jesus, we need to get we need to change that. So this morning. As we sing that song, Lord, I give you my heart. This is a prayer. This is a, a, a time. This is a very solemn time this morning. If you would uh, stand with me today. And as we sing this, this I, I don't want you to, I want you to think of the words, this is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart. With all of my heart, I worship you. I worship you. You know what worship is? Worship isn't just about singing and raising your hand. Worship is your life. Worship is your life. When they would come and they would worship God, they would bring a sacrifice. Old Testament. Sacrifice. And God is saying, if you worship me, it means that you're laying your life down. It's a, it's a full life thing. It's not just raising your hands or singing a song on a Sunday. Worship is your life. And Lord, I will give my life to you today. All that I have within me, I give you praise. I lift you up. I elevate your number one in my life. And all that I adore, the affections of my heart, 
Folks, if our affections are on the things of the world or on people or on our, our, our own ambitions, or that's, that's not what Jesus is after. Jesus is after your heart, your life, all that you are. Why? Because, folks, this is what he gave to us. And so the song goes, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment that I'm, I'm awake, Lord, have your way. If that, if that is the desire of your heart, let's make this a prayer and let's say, God, this is my heart, this is my desire, this is what I want. God, I need your strength, I need your help. Maybe there's some, some folks this morning, would, would, they would say, you know something, Pastor, this is kind of a, wow, you kind of hit us, it's kind of, I'm, I'm, my toes are sore this morning. I didn't want you to let you know that. My toes are sore. But if this message is spoke to you, would you lift your hand? It's okay just to say, hey, I need, look, we're all in the same, we're all in the same spot, right? My hand's up. And then we would make this a prayer. We say, God, we want to be all in. We want to be serious about this. We just don't want to have a nominal Christianity. We don't want to just have, you know, I'm a Christian because I got a necklace, or I'm a, I'm a Christian because I got a fish on the back of my car, or I'm, I'm a Christian because, you know, we, we say grace once in a while. No. Or I have certain morals and values that are congruent with Judeo-Christian worldview. No, that's not what a, a Christian, a, a disciple means you're all in. Amen. You're invested, and there's no turning back. That's what it means. And that's what we've been called to be, and that's what we've been called to make, is disciples who are all in. All of my heart, all that I am, is yours, Lord. So, Lord, before we sing this together as a prayer, God, I pray that you would just search our hearts and that, God, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would lay, Holy Spirit, your finger on areas of our lives, maybe... Maybe it's not so much in, in putting you first. Maybe it's the comforts. Maybe it's distractions. Whatever it is, God, show us where we need things strengthened, things to change. This is my desire to honor
you're here this morning and you, you already lifted up your hand, if you could just lift your hand up again. And if you're alongside somebody who's got a, a hand that's raised, and if you can reach them, I want you to just put your hand on their shoulder and their hand on your shoulder or whatever, and I want you just to begin to pray too as we sing, to pray for them. And say, God, we're in this together. And there's an enemy who wants, and our flesh, and our own, our own desires, that compete with following Jesus as a true disciple. And so, Lord, we 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 come against the flesh, and we come against the enemy this morning. That wants to, because it's not about just starting well, but Lord, we want to go to the finish line. We want to make it to the very end. God, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive ridicule. I'm ready to receive unfair treatment. I'm ready to suffer. I'm ready to go through hardship if need be. If the government begins to slap more restrictions, Lord, it doesn't matter. We're going to worship you anyway. We're going to stand upon the truth of your word. If it gets harder, God, we're going to press in deeper. Because we know that in the end, it will be worth it all. It will be worth it all. And so, Lord, strengthen your people today. Strengthen. Build them up. May your grace undergird each one. Help us, Lord, that we are, when we are weak, that you, Lord, will make us strong. That when we feel like we don't have what it takes, that God, Holy Spirit, you will come alongside of us as you promised. If you will be our comfort, you will be our God, you will lead us to truth. You will show us the way. Hallelujah. Show us the way. Show us the way. Lord, we give you our hearts and we give you our souls and we live for you alone every breath that we take and every moment we're awake. Have your way. Lord, have your way in us. Us, Lord, as a church, Lord, help us, Lord, to serve you, to love you, to put you first in our lives. Give us the strength that we need, Lord, to be the disciples that we need to be in character and in compassion and mercy and temperament and attitude. May our minds, Lord, be one with yours. May our heart beat after the things that beat that your heart beats for. May this group, this assembly, become a place where true discipleship blossoms. And Lord, if there be those that are here this morning that are sick, who need a touch from you, God, in Jesus' name, we pray for healing. We pray for your miracle working power. We pray, God, for those whose hearts are heavy. We ask, God, that you would bring that you would, you would bring healing and you would bring comfort to them, Lord. 
in Jesus' name for those, God, who are, who are waiting on you for an answer to prayer. Maybe it's whatever issue it is, God, whatever, is, whatever the burden that they carry, we pray in the name of Jesus today that, God, that you would lift that burden. You would carry that burden for them. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the birthdays that we celebrated this month, that we're going to continue to celebrate. We ask that you will bless each one that lifted their hands for their birthday. We pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you continue to provide strength. You continue to provide empowerment. You would continue to provide provision for our assembly, Lord. Lord, so that we may be be able to fulfill the calling that you have placed upon us, Lord. You have called us as your followers to make disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we pray for whatever it is going to take, that, God, that you will supply our need. Supply our need. That we may partner with you, Lord, to be able to see, as we pray every Sunday, to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Lord, as we bring this service, this meeting to a close, we just ask again, God, for each and every one of us, that, Lord, you give us the strength, you give us the tenacity, you give us the endurance to run this race, that you give us the strength we need to fight the good fight of faith, as Paul had said, that we may run the race, and we may run it, and we may break the tape, hallelujah, that we may run and receive the victory. knowing that there is treasure. Hallelujah. There's treasure stored up for those who love Him. Praise His name. So bless us, Lord. Strengthen us. Keep us in Your care. And may we continue to look toward Your coming and Your kingdom. In Jesus' name. And in all God's children said, Amen. 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 Well, Lord bless you. And remember, guys, that uh, there's cake and ice cream, fellowship. Don't run away. God bless you.